Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Physionic Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Nicholas Verhoeven. I'm a PhD student in molecular medicine. And today we're going to be discussing a study looking at coenzyme Q10 and its effect on migraines. Uh, this is probably going to be more specific towards women because the study focused on women over men. So if you're interested in that, then you in you you in you are in the right place uh, but before I get started just as a reminder uh, I will be breaking down the data and actually showing the data and whatnot uh, on Instagram so be sure to follow me there so you can get more details on exactly the interpretations the actual data itself and uh, more information actually that I may not cover in the podcast However, the paper is linked for you, so you should have access to it if you'd like to look at the data for yourself as I go through it. Okay, so with that said, let's touch on a bit of background on what this paper is really doing. I'm going to go into the background, then a bit on the methods, how they went about this study, and then the results and what conclusions we can take out of this particular paper. So... The idea here is actually a relatively universal idea with uh, multiple brain pathologies. So people with migraines uh, are, well, obviously suffering. So that's no big shock there. But the big thing is that there's a prevailing thought or one thought is that people who suffer from migraines are also suffering from a similar condition that other people with other neurological pathologies are suffering from. And that is some sort of deficiency in a molecule known as coenzyme Q10. It's really called uh, something else when you're talking about in the scientific literature, but the supplement coenzyme Q10 is what's popular. So to give you a bit of context to this without diving too much into the uh, cellular components, I mean, we're talking subcellular components when we're talking about the function of this coenzyme Q10. I'm going to briefly describe this to you. So the idea being that there's some sort of deficiency, either deficiency or a, uh, a problem if that's from a mutation in certain severe cases it can be due to a mutation and that can lead to some pretty severe neurological pathologies or in a quote-unquote lighter case like a migraine even though migraines can be debilitating uh, they certainly don't lead to some of these more severe neurological conditions at least they're not you know continuously standing uh, well one would hope at least and with a migraine the thought process is that if there's some sort of disruption of that q10 that co coenzyme q10 then uh, you're not getting mitochondrial function meaning that the mitochondria can't function as well as they're supposed to you might get added levels of what are called reactive oxygen species uh, without, again, going too much into detail with things, when we consume oxygen, when we're breathing in, and that oxygen gets delivered to our cells, that oxygen goes to our mitochondria, and our mitochondria then use that oxygen to produce ATP, so to, to produce adenosine 
triphosphate. Uh, now, of course, there are other like food components that are also a part of that, but I'm trying to limit the discussion on this. Otherwise, I'll be and I'll be lecturing on this for an hour. So ultimately, just know that oxygen is used by my by mitochondria to produce adenosine triphosphate. Now, mitochondria use five different proteins that are in a linear order, at least that's the way they're depicted when you're looking at a picture of them, five proteins in a linear order, and it's on one of those proteins that oxygen is able to be used, one of those proteins uses oxygen to then allow for the production of downstream uh, adenosine triphosphate or cellular energy. Now, of course, the communication, however, between protein one and protein two to for both of those proteins to communicate or to be able to function with protein three, they use coenzyme Q10. So that is the overall idea that if you if you have some sort of dysfunction in the amount or the overall function of that coenzyme Q10, then you're going to have dysfunction of this entire five protein complex and therefore you'll have issues with adenosine triphosphate and then the cell in general will suffer as a result. So that can be due to mutations, that can be due to a, a series of different things, that can be due to reactive oxygen species uh, and those are essentially oxygen atoms that are radical, quote unquote radical, and they do damage to other molecules around them. So if you have an abundance of that, maybe that could affect the coenzyme Q10 and damage it. So really in the, in the scientific literature, coenzyme Q10 is known as ubiquinone, and that ubiquinone interacts with the first protein called complex one. So complex one will give an electron, and I'm, you don't need to know like, uh, physics or anything like that. Just know that ubiquinone gets something known as an electron and that allows it, and then it shuttles that. So it moves from complex one and it moves to uh, potential, eventually to complex three. However, when it gets that first electron, and the reason why I'm saying first is, is because it's about to get a second electron. When it gets that first electron, it, it gets labeled from ubiquinone to semiquinone. And then from semiquinone, it picks up another electron from the second complex, complex two, making it uh, ubiquinol. So ubiquinone, then semiquinone, then ubiquinol. And ubiquinol then delivers those two electrons to that third complex, that third protein. And Again, I'm really not, I'm trying to make sure that I don't bog this down with too many unnecessary details, but ultimately that transfer, think of it like a vessel, that coenzyme Q10, which is again the same as ubiquinone, that vessel then transports those electrons to complex three, and then complex three can continue that propagation of that uh, energy or what needs to happen for the eventual production of adenosine triphosphate. So clearly, if you have a problem with the boat, if you have a problem with the vessel, then if you don't have enough of the vessel or the vessel itself is somehow uh, bent out of shape, doesn't work as well as it's supposed to, then that's going to be problematic. And 
That's what ultimately uh, could lead to different pathologies, in this case, migraines. Okay, so that's the background on coenzyme Q10. Now, this study, which is called uh, Efficacy of Coenzyme Q10 in Migraine Prophylaxis, a randomized controlled trial, I wanted to know what would happen if you gave people, mostly women, between the ages of 18 and 65 years old, a supplement of coenzyme Q10 compared to a placebo. So in previous investigations that were open-label trials, uh, they did find that there was a benefit. But the problem with an open-label trial is that the people that are taking the supplement know what the supplement is. Therefore, you're not eliminating the placebo effect. So whatever effect you might be getting may be due to a placebo effect. Now, this trial is different in that they did a double-blind trial, which is typically what you want. That's kind of the gold standard of what you want. So the researchers didn't know what each participant was on until the very end of the study, and the participants never knew what uh, supplement they were on. If they were on the coenzyme Q10, which is the treatment group, or they were given the placebo. Nobody knew. So then they were told, and they had to meet particular criteria according to the International Headache Society guidelines for migraines. And so these people had to have uh, two to eight attacks a month had to be on no migraine medication for three months other than to manage acute migraines like uh, ibuprofen, things of that nature. And uh, they also set a stipulation that attacks that were separated by less than 24 hours were counted as one attack. So they had some pretty stringent guidelines on what they actually wanted to see, what they wanted to really attribute to, hey, these people have chronic migraines. And they had to have these chronic migraines for at least a year. So pretty good uh, criteria there to determine who you know belongs in this study. And then from there, I already mentioned double-blind study. It was randomized. And the all the participants, so every single participant in both groups, started out for the first month just on the placebo group. And that's just to get them kind of acquainted to what they're going to be doing over the next three months after that first initial month of a baseline. So... After that baseline month, then half of the participants were switched onto the supplement. Again, unbeknownst to them, so they didn't know that they had switched supplements. It doesn't taste different or anything like that. It doesn't look any different. Uh, so they, of course, they make sure that the researchers make sure that it's uh, incredibly similar, or somebody independent makes sure that it's incredibly s similar, and then scrambles the numbers with a key that you eventually unlock later on for the part for the researchers then to know. Okay, it's you know this person had this, this person had that. That's how it works. So after the first month, they had their baseline measures taken. You know how many migraines do you have? Uh, you know all that stuff. You know what's your weight? What's your age? Uh, all that stuff gets taken at the baseline measurement after that first month. Then the two groups split. So you've got one group with co that's getting coenzyme Q10. They're getting it three times a day at 100 milligrams per dose in a solution form. So they just put it in drinks and through droplets. 
And then the patients were told to record the results on in migraine diaries. And which isn't the most strenuous way of going about this, but I think it still gives a, a, a good enough indication. I mean, people will know if they're having a migraine, especially if they're used to getting migraines for at least a year of their life, they'll know what a migraine is. So I would certainly trust them. So in these migraine diaries, they were told to mention the migraine severity when they had one, the symptoms of the migraine. So did they just have a migraine? Did they have nausea? Did they break out in a sweat? Like things like that. Uh, migraine duration. And of course, overall, just the frequency of the migraine. So how often did they get these migraines? And then they did this trial once they'd split both groups up into, uh, well, they did the trial for three months from then on. Okay, so the patients were roughly the same, which is pretty important. You want to have similarity. However, there were a few key differences. Uh, age was the same, roughly. Uh, the only big difference was that the headache duration, so the migraine duration, was greater or longer in the coenzyme Q10 condition. So that's actually probably a benefit just because then if you do see a significant decrease from baseline, then that can tell you some information. I mean, it might be difficult to compare to the placebo group, but at least it gives us some indication because if you've got really high migraine levels, then uh, if you get a decrease, then you're going to get a pretty su substantial decrease, or that's that's one way to look at it. Of course, it's not ideal when you're comp trying to compare to the placebo group if the two groups are different at the very beginning of the study. Uh, and aside from that, yeah, aside from that, they didn't have any other differences. Uh, only one person in each group had migraines with auras. So that's something to mention. I know some people uh, experience auras before they have a massive migraine and other people don't experience auras at all. So, uh, you know, whatever the results of the study, we can really only uh, limit it not that it necessarily doesn't apply to people with auras, but what we can conclusively say based on the results of the study is that it affects people without auras. And okay, yeah, that's that's all I've got in terms of like setting up the experiment. So again, three times a day, 100 milligrams per dose in a solution form, and the placebo group did the same thing, but just with a placebo, therefore they did not consume any co coenzyme Q10 or ubiquinone. Again, those are the same. All right, so the results are pretty simple. Uh, the number of attacks a month decreased after three months of treatment. So they did not decrease after like one month of treatment, but they did decrease significantly, statistically significantly, after three months of treatment in the CoQ10 condition, which makes sense. So that, that condition had a decrease of about one, had a decrease of one in terms of frequency of their migraine. So while the placebo group uh, continued to have four episodes on average a month, the coenzyme Q10 condition only had three episodes a month. And I'll touch on exactly something that we need to consider in, in just a second, but that did turn out to be statistically significant. And while it's not going to completely eliminate migraines, clearly, because they're still having three episodes, uh, still, at least it's 
some hope, it's some good news there that you're getting a decrease of at least one. I mean, who wouldn't want to get rid of at least one migraine? Uh, the other difference, so everything else was the same in terms of the uh, migraine symptoms, the added symptoms and whatnot, uh, except for nausea and vomiting. So that also decreased for the coenzyme Q10 group. And so, but in other areas, if, other, if there were other uh, different conditions that people started to experience, different symptoms, those were not different between the groups. And finally, a 50% responder rate. Uh, this is something that's really intriguing and actually tells us a lot about the study. And the reason why is because a 50% responder rate for attack frequency, that's what they measured. And what that means is that how many people had a 50% response? How many people had a 50% decline in their migraines? And specifically in the attack frequency, so the incident frequency. And what they found is that the people with the coenzyme Q10, about 47% of those patients did experience a 50% decline. So if you're having an attack, let's say four times in a month, that would mean that you would suddenly be getting only two attacks a month. Or if you're getting two attacks a month, then you would only be getting one attack a month. So that's pretty substantial decrease in migraine frequency. So that's really phenomenal news. Now, that is 10 participants. In absolute terms, that's 10 participants or f around 47%, 48% of the total participants in the coenzyme Q condition. Uh, the placebo group did see a 14% 14, 14% of their participants reach that 50% milestone. Now, that's likely because of the placebo effect, of course. However, the coenzyme Q10 did have a statistically significant difference from the placebo group. And uh, that's that, so that's really telling uh, there because the group that already had longer duration of migraines uh, has a statistically significant decrease compared to the placebo group that was already in a better position. So really, really interesting there. And what this also indicates is that there's a lot of heterogeneity in the data, meaning what I mean by that is that some people likely respond really well to coenzyme Q10 and other people, even within that that condition of coenzyme Q10, I'll bet, although they don't show the specific data points, but I would imagine that what's happening there is you have some people that aren't responding to coenzyme Q10 at all, or they're responding very little. They're getting a small reduction in some of their symptoms. And then you have other people that are getting a massive uh, decrease in their migraine symptoms, which would imply then that there's a difference in the pathology of the migraines in that situation. So some people actually have uh, the coenzyme Q10 issue, so their, their pathology or whatever you want to call it, is due to coenzyme Q10. And then you have another group of people that have migraines for a different reason. And we don't know what that reason is, but they likely don't experience a benefit from coenzyme Q10, presumably because their mitochondria have enough ubiquinone and have functioning ubiquinone, and therefore that isn't the issue. So you're correcting something that doesn't need to be corrected, or you're trying to correct something and it's not being corrected because it never had to be corrected in the beginning.
So really, really interesting information here. And again, this does confirm another study, which was, as I mentioned, open label. And they only had one person that had to withdraw from uh, an allergic reaction to the coenzyme Q10. So it's, it certainly warrants more investigation, especially with what I would think is likely a level of heterogeneity. You know, if they're able to figure out a way to test people, to test if one group has this coenzyme Q10 deficiency inside their cells and another group has perfectly normal coenzyme Q10, but both groups are experiencing migraines, then that would tell you that then you can target the coenzyme Q10 supplementation to those people that have that deficiency. And then that would massively help those individuals. Maybe not completely get rid of migraines, but at least be a great therapeutic to at least mitigate, mitigate those effects. So that's what I've got for you. Hopefully you found this informative. If you have somebody that suffers from migraines, uh, be sure to share this information. Coenzyme Q10 is a supplement that you can actually take. And uh, based off of this research, it seems like it, it does have an effect. Uh, oh, one more thing to mention. I mentioned this briefly, but I really want to uh, hammer this home. Is they, di they didn't see much of an effect in the first like few weeks. So you would have to take it for quite some time to actually uh, get a benefit. So in this, in this situation, they did three months. And then you would want to, of course, plot that based off of how many migraines are you experiencing uh, in a one month period. So if you experience four migraines and then you start taking coenzyme Q10 for three months, something like that, you know, on that third month, you would want to measure again in that month. Okay. Uh, do I have a decrease? Is it down now three? Is it two? Is it one, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully you found this informative and hopefully it was useful to anybody that does suffer from migraines, especially the women, because again, this, this study was concentrated in women and because women typically experience more migraines. And with that said, I wish you a wonderful day, and I hope to have the pleasure of speaking with you in the next one. Have a good one, guys. See ya.